Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcasts, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show with your WellStyle hosts, Russ Carpentieri and Yvonne Wantanabe. Hello and welcome to Opus Private Clients WellStyle podcast with Russ Carpentieri and Yvonne Watanabe. Today we're going to be talking about characteristics of their top clients. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? We're great. How are you? I'm doing great and happy to be back with you guys. Uh, can you guys just introduce yourself again? I know that we've done the inaugural podcast where people got to know you a little bit, a little bit about Opus, but this is the second podcast. And in case they're just joining us, can you give just a little bit about who you are and, and what you do in the firm? Great. Uh, so again, my name is Yvonne Watanabe. I'm one of the managing partners here uh, at Opus Private Client. Uh, we just help our clients and direct them with their finances and, and help them with uh, creating the lifestyles that they want. Fantastic. And I'm Russ Carpentieri, founder and uh, managing partner. I've uh, founded Opus over 35 years ago and, mm. again, work with families and individuals to creating, uh, you know, a great lifestyle for them and uh, legacies for years to come. Beautiful. Now, you guys wanted to talk about the characteristics of your top clients. Why is this so important to you? I think as we look back over, you know, 35, 36 years, we started to determine that um, our clients that have the greatest level of financial success and personal satisfaction have identical characteristics and, and mm. you know, um, ways of thinking. And they have, you know, wonderful levels of happiness, a lot of clarity, freedom from worry, particularly in these markets that go up and down. They don't seem to really waver too much. And, you know, we start to ask ourselves, you know, why is that? You know, interestingly, the... Uh, people that have the greatest levels of stress, uh, financial worries, and are often in a defensive position also have the same characteristics. So we thought it was kind of an interesting topic to talk about what each of those really mean. All right. So do you have a list for us? I mean, how are we, how are we going to break this down today? Well, there's not a lot of topics under each. You know, one of the things is that the the main focus that we've seen is that people that have the greatest level of happiness and success really are people that were open to little different ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, they wanted to engage a team of individuals to help them make decisions going forward. And uh, more importantly, they stuck to the plan. You know, we you know life does move and you need to be nimble. But they, for the most part, they basically stuck to the plan and didn't deviate from it. I would totally agree. And I, I would add that they, you know, again, that they were methodical with their strategies. They were slow and steady or making sure that they were saving. And the clients that we've seen that maybe didn't have so much success over time really were doing the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. and they were looking for um, the get rich quick. Uh, they were changing constantly. They were sort of looking for the hot investment strategy of the day. And 
perhaps weren't saving at the levels that they should over time. And so there's just a number of different things that we've identified over the years. And, um, you know, again, we're excited to kind of share them today. Now, it sounds to me like some of this is based on maybe some emotion and maybe some of it's based on desire and or greed. I don't want to use the, the G word, but it, like you said, they're chasing that, that get rich quick. Um, and then I'm, I'm assuming that there's some emotion involved with people that may have been fearful and didn't stick with a plan and panicked. Um, what are you guys seeing when it comes to like right now? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with trade war and politics and, and the media inundates us with so much junk and, and panic fuel, if you will. Uh, we, we see a lot of that. What are you guys seeing right now? I think the, the, the people that are in the first category, right? The most desirable category, mm-hmm. they've, they work at it. You know, we meet with them, we go through, cash flow models, planning, we talk about the big picture. They have a, you know, they have an end game, you know, they have a particular lifestyle that they want. And we're not seeing, you know, any, any movement from them. They're kind of gliding through all of this, not worried because they've done the work. They've, they've, they've sat through the meetings, they've outlined what it is that they want, and they've really allowed us and a team of people to design it. So uh, they're neutral. Um, I think the ones that, you know, as Yvonne had mentioned, uh, you know, kind of come to us in a state of panic. And these are usually people that have gone somewhere else. They've gone through some sort of traditional planning and they land in our office and we ask them, tell us what's happened in the past. And when they do, we realize that they were the ones that didn't really stick to the plan. They were, you know, getting influenced by a new product or a new concept or an idea, and they weren't integrating it into the big picture. So either it worked for a particular point in time or it didn't. They're the ones that really are stress out in times like these, but those that plan don't. As a matter of fact, I would say the ones that do plan are sitting here waiting for opportunities mm. uh, that'll come out of some of these less fortunate events that you'll see in you know various markets. Right. I'd add the fact that, you know, these clients are the controlling the things that they can control over time, right? We can't control what the markets are doing. We can't control what the housing market is doing. And so when we're having these conversations with people, we really want to try to focus on controlling what you can control, how much you're saving, where you're saving, uh, and that, you know, the savings allow you to, uh, to be in a position of strength when the market takes a downturn and their people are calm and have a great buying opportunity potentially. So um, we really want to make sure that People are focusing on controlling what they can control. So it sounds to me like discipline and trust are a muscle, right? And these folks have been exercising that, getting that stronger over these years. I mean, they didn't start out, you know, right out the gate. Hey, everything's going to be great if I just listen to these certain people. Um, They've had to develop that muscle over time. And that's obviously exercising it on a continual basis. Would you agree with that analogy, if you will? Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, these people that come in here, they have a particular lifestyle that they want. And, you know, as one client said often, I've worked hard, I've been successful, but I never want to go backward. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that all the conversations we have and all the different people that we pull in, even outside of the Opus private client team, are aligned in making sure that I don't go the wrong way. They listen, we give them information, we all do. They basically... Uh, process it, and then they make good decisions. So, um, you know, just by the virtue of of increasing their savings at some level, you know, the old saying, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. These are people who are 
you know, when the real estate market goes sideways or buying properties that are, you know, 20%, you know, potentially discounted or some number. Um, when the market goes down, they have the cash to basically go in because they're looking at this thing long term. It's part of a grand plan. It's not reactionary and it's not emotional. It's part of something much bigger that we've talked about and they have bought into. What are some of the other pieces that the, what are some of the other behaviors that these clients specifically are exhibiting that show you or tell you, okay, they're on track and they, they're remaining calm in this possible storm or they're, they're doing fine. Well, we don't hear from them in times like these. Oh, okay. you know, the phone's not <laughs> ringing off the hook yeah. when the market goes down. As a matter of fact, we rarely hear from them because we've spent so much time and we've already thought about and discussed, again, with a team of people. You know, our world has specific disciplines, so it's not uncommon for there to be, you know, a tax attorney, possibly other ad advisors, you know, property and casualty people, possibly investment advisors, accountants. This is this is a, a, a well thought out, you know, model. But we don't hear from them in 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 times of, um, you know, uh, turmoil like you're seeing in the market. Mm -hmm. I would say that some of the one of the characteristics that they have, and there's a few, and I'll let Abound talk about a few, is they're very tax savvy, right? They want to know, you know, how do I maximize, you know, my opportunities, you know, within obviously the, um, you know, the, the, the guardrails of the law? What, what am I not thinking about? They seek out a lot of really good information. And as mm -hmm. a result, when you string together a strategy, it has, uh, you know, multiple, you know, positive impacts on them and, uh, and their family. Absolutely. Ivan, you have anything to add to that one? No, I mean, I think Russ nailed it on the head with uh, the tax savviness of our clients. I mean, they really are reaching out and uh, trying to figure out the best ways to maximize the current environment that we're in and, and having ongoing conversations because that's something that is ever changing, always evolving. The regulations are changing, uh, tax laws are changing. Um, and so we just want to make sure we're staying ahead of the game with our clients on that as well. You've mentioned the plan, right? People stick to the plan, um, they're comfortable with their plan. How do you guys help them with this plan? I mean, I, that, I know. Well, first of all, I know this is going to be an entire podcast all by itself, but kind of how does that look when somebody engages you and says, hey, I, I need to have a plan. I mean, I, I have multiple properties or I have a business. I, I want to save on my taxes. I'm tired of giving money to, to the government that I don't need to give to them. How do you guys approach that? Well, I, what we started many, many years ago was, you know, a environment that was very process driven. Right. So we don't really care what products they own or owned. We want to understand everything about them. So we ask them for a lot of detailed information. And they basically, if they're in, engaged, they're sharing mm -hmm. all of their all of their data. That becomes when you have that data and you understand it, the next question we always ask them is, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to, you know, what do, what do you want your life to look like? And we're not just talking about a financial life. They may say, I want the option to retire when I'm 55. I want to buy a vacation mm -hmm. home. I want to join a club. I There's a pool. I want to make sure I educate my kids and they come out. We don't really care what their plan is or their goal is. We just, you know, we want to understand it. And from there, we start to look at what they've done compared to what they want to have happen. And usually we find this big disconnect, right? Mm. We buy, the disconnect is from a tax perspective or it just doesn't line up. And that's the foundation for 
basically now thinking about all the different options. As you go through those conversations, the plan takes form. It's their plan, it's not our plan. And we also know that when we get them through that process and we kind of fix things, that it's not over. That's when the work begins mm-hmm. because it's gonna change. Something's gonna come up and all of a sudden the plan's gonna change. But since we know everything about them, we're probably um, one of the key advisors that is able to assess some of the revised planning that they want to do and what the impact is to the overall. And we bring everybody in. So this is a this is a moving target, but it's that upfront work, that heavy lifting, that if you're willing to do it, it's relatively pretty simple going forward. Russ, you said you bring everybody in, and that was actually my next question. What if folks have advisors, right? Whether they have an attorney, they have a CPA, they have all these other team members. How do you begin to work with them to bring them all on board? And and I can't imagine that the relationships are super easy right up front. Maybe some people could get touchy about you kind of stepping in their territory, maybe a little bit, giving some advice. How does that work? You know, it's it's uh, pretty open. As a matter of fact, we we promote and engage the fact that this is a team effort. There are people that they've worked with. We're not looking to replace them. We're looking to enhance that relationship. And we want to know what they've done and what that role is for that family going forward. The only time it becomes and can become a little touchy is if that advisor is concerned that through this process, something might come out Mm -hmm. that is not aligned with maybe what the client's perception is. But we create that, you know, family office type environment, that that open dialogue. And it's not uncommon for us to have a call and have two or three of the other advisors on the call because it's a team effort. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's the only way it can truly work. When you see clients that have established relationships, how easy is it to get the clients on board with letting you direct the, those contacts, if you will? I mean, I think it's easy enough as long as everybody realizes they're, we're there for the sole purpose of benefiting the clients, right? So yeah. um, we're there to coordinate and make sure that everybody's on the same page and we just need the information and the more open and honest everybody is with the process, um, it, it, it becomes a much better outcome for our clients. You know, if you have someone who's 55 years old and established, they already have a team of people, it's easy. You might have someone who's 30 who's just starting. Mm-hmm. They don't. They may have one advisor, one other trusted person. So that's you know, a a much more simple, you know, process to go through. But, you know, the client dictates, you know, um, the process going forward. And they'll say, I'm going to introduce you to these four people in my world. They're important. And those are the marching orders. So everybody gets along, you know, very well. No one is replicating services. So it's a it's really a unique team of individuals with specific disciplines, which we think is necessary mm-hmm. to have the best outcome. All right. Earlier you said that that the clients that you find to be mo- most successful are they position themselves to be able to take advantage of situations that may be dire in other people's eyes. Uh, are they reaching out to you to say, hey, look, this is what I'm seeing. You know, what should I be looking for now? What should I be looking for as far as opportunities? Is that something you advise them on? Or are they really saying, here's an opportunity I found, I want to move on it. Am I in a position to do so? Yeah, I mean, I think we get both of those. And our clients are experts in many different fields that we may not necessarily be in. So 
uh, if they see something in the marketplace and in technology that they're uh, an expert in and they want to engage it, they're really coming to us saying, hey, this is what I'd like to do. Can you help me make sure that I'm looking at it from other angles? And which bucket of money do I take from in order for me to make that investment? And so it's us. It's our job to go in and make sure that we're evaluating all those different nuances, verifying the risks, making sure that those are sort of um, minimized, and then which bucket of money makes the most sense. And going back to Russ's previous point, we're, we're the quarterback, we're the center point to their world. So understanding all those various different pieces, um, being proactive and, and knowing where everything is, it allows us to make those moves appropriately because we know everything else going on in their world. Mm-hmm. Both qualitative and quantitative. I think the only thing I want to add to that is when we built this model, we built it off of what we saw out in the marketplace and where the deficiencies were. So if you're going to walk into a brokerage firm, they want to invest your money and they'll do some possible cash flow models for you and maybe do a review of, you know, some of your tax documents, your, you know, wills and trusts. That's, you know, like one third of the things that people have. And when we go through a deep dive with someone, we touch on so many, so many areas that at the end, they really say, I didn't really, when I, when I went into this, I thought that if 50% of what you said you could do, you could accomplish, that would be great. But you kind of exceeded my expectation. You talked about things that had nothing to do with basically specifically what you do, but it were important to me. And that's where the trust builds. Guys, we've talked about a lot of scenarios with your clients. Can you give us some examples of of maybe some of the families you've worked with and and some of those moments that they've had? Sure. So there's, you know, when you when you have all the information and you're having the dialogue, a lot of things come out. It could be if we're having a conversation about, uh, you know, what type of insurance, life insurance should they have or disability. One of the first things we ask them is, have you taken advantage of all the options that are available at your company that you work for, where there is you know, virtually some great economies of scale? And they usually say, no, I, I don't think I have. So we kind of would, would help them to understand they need to enroll in these programs. There have been many instances over our careers where when we got into the life insurance conversation and we took them through a very, very open process that people finally understood what life insurance was. They understood the different types and then they bought the proper coverage. I would say, unfortunately, there have been instances where shortly thereafter an untimely event occurred. And had they not gotten through that process, that family, uh, the condition of how they came into us versus how they left were night and day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's something that really resonates with us that we say we did the hard work we took them through we took the time and they took action but now that family is secure going forward and will never be in want of anything because they did the work yeah um and that's that's us is always the most impactful thing is when we can mitigate risk and and protect them against something along those lines it's very very rewarding I mean, I think when we take our clients through the process, part of the benefit that they're going to get is organization, right? Mm -hmm. Clients have accounts, policies, um, different benefits all over the place, and there's very little organization around it. And it's evident to us when they come in and we do this discovery and find out that 
ex-spouses are the beneficiaries on their 401k plans. Uh, yeah, right? that's bad. <laughs> you know, that their wills were done, um, you know, before they had their second and third child. I mean, just uh, a number of different things that pop up over time that people just get busy. They don't really know what they have and they don't really know what they've done in the past and, and haven't had a chance to update things um, that they that are important to them. So we just want to make sure that things are organized and up to date and um, speak for them, especially when they're no longer here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that speaks to the children and the grandchildren of folks that, you know, that you're working with now so that those, like you said, wills are updated correctly and, and it's not being fought over and, and their voice is actually being heard, which leads me to my next question. How many of your clients think on that multi-generational level where they're, they're planning for their retirement. They're planning for the goals that you guys have gone over. But at the same time, they're truly planning to either bless their kids and grandkids or just make sure the family kind of maintains the, the lifestyle that they've enjoyed their entire life. I think there's an age where that conversation pops up. And I'm going to say it's probably north of 45 or 50 where you know, they've, we're, we're very big proponents of saying we, the first thing we have to do is make sure that your life um, is going to be great, right? When you retire, you're going to have a wonderful life. We are, we do not advocate engaging in strategies where the quality of your life suffers for future generations. Mm -hmm. So we first take care of them. They get it. They feel very comfortable with it. And then that conversation moves on and they say, Hey, how do I pass you know, whatever wealth I have onto my children and be thoughtful. How do I protect it against a divorce or creditors or bad decisions? And mm -hmm. there's not, no product associated with that. It's really digging into their documents and pointing out um, some provisions that may not be updated and then bringing their attorney into the mix and saying, what do you think about this? And, you know, it's not uncommon for a client to say, I haven't reviewed my wills in 15 years. I mean, our, put it this way. I don't think any of our clients would run their business the way a lot of them run their personal life before they walk in here. They just don't have the time and energy to devote to it. And it's it's that from the you know bottom up look and conversations that gets them aligned. They definitely are very much, you know, concerned about future generations and impacting their communities and charities. That's that's a conversation that happens after they feel secure in what their world's gonna look like. I, I would second that. And I think the other part of the conversation, you know, where we started characteristics of, of some of our top clients, that they care about something that is much greater than themselves, mm. right? They, there is a purpose to their lives and whether that is their future children or, you know, their communities, alma maters, their families, they just believe in something that is greater than themselves and that they are growing towards a future. They really see a future for themselves um, and that continuously drives them forward. And I think that's really important for us to understand and for our clients to understand. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Guys, we're getting low on time for today's podcast. What else do you need the audience to hear about your clients and, and kind of what makes them successful and, and uh, the, the characteristics that they have? I think that they plan for the long term. You know, again, I, I want to continue to stress that. I think they understand that life is is a very, very long span of time, mm -hmm. right? And things don't necessarily happen in these these finite events. And so if they plan with the, a long time frame in mind uh, with patience and 
strategy and understanding that they they need a team of advisors around them, um, that they'll have the success that they want, they'll have the lifestyles that they want term. Yeah, I would think that they're also, you know, when I think about those characteristics, they're, they're, they're smart, you know, they're very open-minded, they're thoughtful, they ask good questions. They come to us because they're gonna get a truthful answer regardless of the outcome. We're not here trying to get them to buy something. We mm -hmm. want them to buy into the process to have a very, very long-term relationship. And those conversations are, are you know, always geared around what's best for them. They gather facts and they make decisions. I would say that are, those are the best. Anyone who walks in here and immediately comes to a conclusion says, I'm gonna do that, that's what I wanna do. We basically pull back. We're like, you know, that's not a really good long-term thought pattern because the next person who's gonna basically put something out there, they're gonna go to that one. Mm -hmm. So we want people to take their time, gather the information, ask a lot of good questions, and then we arrive at a conclusion together so everybody has buy-in. Guys, would you be up for doing another podcast or on the next podcast, would you guys uh, be up for walking us through what it looks like from the first time somebody walks into your office or, or makes that phone call and says, hey, I'd love to talk to you about my situation and what that onboarding process looks like, the process to create, uh, the discussions that you have, data gathering, all the things that you've spoken about today that your successful clients have done with you already. Would you walk us through that process so people can kind of get a picture of that? Sure. I think that'd be fantastic. Russ, Yvonne, thank you so much for your time today. I think this was very enlightening, and I, I hope the audience got a lot out of it. And uh, if, if they have questions and they would like to take a look at what this process looks like and, and see if they have those characteristics, how do they reach out to you? They can check us out at our website, www.opus-pc.com, uh, to find out a little bit more about our philosophy, look at our partners, nice. uh, and there's our contact information is there in there as well if they want to reach out. Perfect. Thanks for the time today, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast with Russ Carpenteri and Yvonne Watnabi. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Russ and Yvonne come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Opus Private Client LLC, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Opus Private Client, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Yvonne Watanabe and Russell Carpentieri are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. 
Russell's California Insurance License Number 0C72511, Compliance Approval 2021-129401, expires November 2023.